So if you weren't here last Sunday, or indeed the last two Sundays, I would suggest that um, you listen to what Steve said, because it's actually quite interesting. Uh, we learned quite a lot. Um, it's, it's quite exciting learning about what uh, Steve thinks that we're here to do, or here, what we're going to be doing, and that's what we're, I'm here to tell you about today, and Elaine. Um, but uh, what I would say is that uh, there's a lot more in there about the church and the services and, and the plans for the future. Um, so Steve talked about making room for others. Uh, he said we're a growing church. Uh, in the summer, obviously, people are away. So uh, if everybody turned up this morning, we'd be uh, crammed to the ceiling. Um, but, you know, people are away and people don't always come every week. But I commend you listening to the talks online. They're on the, vi- on the website or on SoundCloud. You can get hold of them. Um, and Steve talked about how we can uh, make room for others and, uh, you know, make space. Because actually, when you're really crowded, people come in, they feel like there's nowhere to sit. It's a bit embarrassing. So um, thankfully, there's still a few s- seats today. He talked a bit about in September, we're going to go to two services. Um, that uh, So there'll be an earlier morning service and a later morning service, which will create a bit of space. He talked a bit about the building and the fact that downstairs room is still in the process of being refurbished. Um, and he talked about uh, something called 624, um, which is um, this sort of kind of idea that to make room for others, we make space by planting outwards. We go outwards. And we're here, um, David and Lane, ourselves, we've moved to Kettering recently. Um, and uh, I'll tell you in a minute about, a little bit about why we get there. But what, one thing Steve, uh, Steve said was, he quoted from Isaiah, uh, the book of Isaiah, chapter 54. He said, enlarge the place of your tent, stretch out your cur- the curtains of your dwellings, lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs, for you will spread abroad to the right and to the left. So there's a kind of call on us to, to grow. And it's a call on the whole church. It's not just a call on vineyard, central vineyard, but it's a call on the whole church to go out and reach out towards people who don't know Jesus yet um, and to see him work in their lives to transform them. Um, and he talked about um, a kind of hub and spoke picture that he and Tammy have had and been given by other people over the years. So if you can imagine the central vineyard as we see it today, as, as we are in this location, in this area, is the hub that his vision, the vision God gave them was for spokes out into different communities. Um, and he talked a bit about multiplication as well. Now, um, kids, I don't know, do any of you heard the story about the feeding of the 5,000? You know about that? What, what happened um, in the story of feed, feeding 5,000? They were hungry. Lots of people sitting, listening to Jesus, talking, and they got to the end of the day, and they got hungry. And the disciples said, so if we're going to feed them, we'll have to spend you know, a year's wages to buy food for all these people. How are we going to do that? And Jesus said, well, what have you got? What did he, what did, what came, who came to Jesus with something to give? Any, any of the kids want to tell me? A little boy, a little boy came with 
five loaves and two fishes. Now, that doesn't seem very much to feed 5,000. It wasn't even more than 5,000 because it just said 5,000 men. They didn't count the women and children for some reason. But we want to count the women and children as well. So maybe it's 12,000, 15,000 people there. I don't know. But five loaves and two two small fishes. Jesus said, what have you got? Will you give it? Um, And one of the things Steve said last week said, you know, what can God do if we make ourselves available to him? He he quoted uh, a a quote. He said, attempt something for God that is so impossible that if God is not in it, it's doomed to failure. So here are we, Dave and Elaine, vintage. (laughs) Don't be deceived by the colour of my hair. I had highlights put in. Uh, When I was working, I I thought I wanted to look wise and for people to respect me and think I knew a lot. So I had highlights put in. And um, if you really want to know my vintage, just come up and talk to me and look carefully. You might see. Um, But attempt something for God that is so impossible that if God is not in it, it is doomed to failure. So I thought we'd tell you a little bit about about ourselves. Um, our backgrounds. I, I became, I came to know Jesus in my teen, teenage years, when I was about 14 years old. And um, it was through Christians at school, back actually, and they used to meet together to pray. And a friend of mine said, I'm going to this meeting, David. You, you're coming with me because I'm not going on my own. I go, okay. <laughs> and I went along to this prayer meeting. And the thing that struck me was that these were kids, these were young guys who actually believed that God would answer their prayers. And not only that, as I went along week after week after week, I started to realize that God was answering their prayers because they pray for something and the next week they come back and say, this is what God has done. So I'd encourage you, whatever age you are, talk to God. Talk to God about what you want, to what about what you need, because actually God does listen to our prayers. Uh, sometimes it seems to take a bit of a long time, and sometimes we go through things that for us are a bit difficult and a bit, a bit of a challenge, but he does answer our prayers. And that's what struck me about this group of Christians. And as a result, as they had Bible studies and prayer, I came to know Jesus for myself. Um, and had an encounter with the Holy Spirit, with God's Spirit, which started to transform my life. Um, Elaine, her background, somewhat similar. She was, uh, had been to Sunday school, I think, when she was a young child, and uh, she'd gone off to college, and she was talking to someone at college, arguing that this whole thing about Jesus was rubbish, And in the middle of talking about it, she got converted. She suddenly realized that actually it wasn't rubbish, it was real. Um, And so she came to know Jesus, and she'll tell us a little bit about her background in a bit. And over the years, I've been to a number of different churches. You know, Steve said in the introduction, he said, church is not a building. Now, I had a picture, 
which hasn't come up on the transfer of the slides, but it was actually a picture of the church I went to when I was six years old, um, and I sang in the church choir. Um, and I don't really remember anything about learning about Jesus in that time, but actually, I suppose the most significant thing was I got to know a friend who was one of these guys at school, and he taught me about Jesus. Um, and just aside here, coming here on a Sunday doesn't make you a Christian any more than going into a bakery makes you a loaf of bread. You can come here on a Sunday, week after week, but if you don't know Jesus, then he's knocking on your door. Um, there's, a, there's a, a scripture in Romans, I was thinking about using this today and then we had a friend staying with us last night and she said, oh, I've got this verse from Romans chapter 10, it's not up on the screen, but um, uh, it says this, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whatever age you are, young, old, middle-aged, very young like me, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. Now, I just this is a little bit aside, really, because I think there are people here today who think they're Christians because they come to church. And there are other people here who know they're not Christians because they've, they know that they've never actually called out to God. But what Paul says in the book of Romans, he says this, he says, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart, a person believes, resulting in righteousness, and with the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. For the scripture says, whoever believes in him will not be disappointed. Now, there have been times in my life when I've not really walked with Jesus. And I had a period of time when I kind of took a decision and stepped away from God. And if any of you think that you're tempted to do that, I would encourage you not to because it causes devastation. It broke my family life. It broke my relationship with my kids. It caused me problems. And I would say, don't do that. Call on the name of the Lord. Because this thing about being saved and about being right, righteous, if it's about being right with God, in relationship with God, and that has an effect on all our relationships with everyone. So we can never reach God's standards, and we can never do anything that is needed to re- satisfy his holiness. And if you haven't ever put your trust in Jesus and believed in Jesus... I'd encourage you to do that today because you will not be disappointed. It won't always be easy, but you won't be disappointed with God. Okay. So back to our story. Um, as a result of me spending time away from God, one night in the middle of a crisis, God spoke to me almost audibly. I, I, I was... Um, Struggling, I couldn't sleep. I got up in the middle of the night, thought I'll go and lie on the sofa and see if I can sleep on the sofa. Couldn't sleep on the sofa. I promised a friend that I would read a book that he'd sent me, a Christian book, even though I wasn't 
following Jesus. I promised him, and I, I think when I promised him, I thought, no, I won't do it, but never mind, I'll tell him I will. Um, and anyway, I thought, in the middle of the night, I thought, oh, I suppose I did promise Sal that I would read this book. So I picked it off the bookshelf, and I thought, I suppose if I'm going to read a Christian book, I ought to have a Bible. So I went and picked up a Bible off the bookshelf. And as, as I picked the Bible up, God said, read this particular chapter in the Bible. And when I read it, I'm oh, sorry, it brings out goosebumps on me, because it's actually so relevant to what God's doing in my life at the time. He told me that he wanted to forgive me and have grace and mercy on me. And as a result, from walking away from God, I was turned around and walking back towards God. And this issue of being saved is about being transformed, having a relationship with Jesus, learning to walk with him, and ultimately being with him for eternity, forever. So as a result of that, I had some friends who went to a vineyard church in a place called Potton in Bedfordshire, a small church. Um, and uh, I should say, actually, friends, they were, they were more patients because I was a GP at the time. Um, but I knew they went to, to that church. And so I said to them, can I come with you on Sunday, one Sunday? And they said, yeah, yeah, please do. So I went along um, and that was part of my path. And as a result, I met the beautiful, wonderful Elaine, uh, who's going to come and share a little bit in a moment with some answers to questions. She doesn't like speaking up front, which is why I'm getting to do most of the hard work today, but she does a lot of other hard work, so. And we got married, and um, during that process, we went through this process of kind of learning uh, about, you know, church planting. Uh, We thought, actually, we'd be quite like to be part of a team of people who go out and plant a new church, and we would be kind of the bit the elder statesman, you know, I've got the grey hair, I've got the wisdom, hopefully. Um, we can do the, do the supportive stuff and encourage and, and help and mentor and support people. So that's what we thought it would be like, and we, we decided about three years ago to commit to pray to see what God was saying about it, um, and to fast, you know, to give up eating for a period of time each week, miss meals, just so we could tune into God and listen to what he was saying. And I can't say it all came all at once, but over that period of time, it's led us to where we are now. And we started going to hub training. Last week, Steve said, you know, when we're talking about planting out into different areas, get trained, consider going on the hub training. We learned a huge amount through that. Uh, some unexpected things. Spent a lot of time exploring what church is about, what church could look like. Because as Steve said, it isn't about um, Sunday morning for a couple of hours. And, you know, one of the things I've found, I've come along in the weekdays. And I know some of you are working, but if, if in summer you've got a day off, come along and visit what happens at Restore on a Tuesday or Thursday lunchtime. Um, do you need to check with them, with the first of people turn up? But come, out, come, out, come just view it, because that's what church is about. It's actually doing the stuff. It's doing the stuff Jesus did, loving people, caring people. Uh, we're not perfect, but that's what we're there to do. We're just trying to reach out to people. Um, and uh, as a result um, of our path, 
we ended coming to end up coming to this church, and uh, um, over a period of time, we sought God about what He was saying, and eventually, we felt He was saying Kettering. Now, don't know, any of you know anybody know Kettering around here? Anybody live there? Or, no? Nobody from Kettering today. Never mind. Or anywhere near Kettering. Never mind. Uh, those of you listening on tape, come and talk to us, please. <laughs> or actually, if any of you think that God might call you to Kettering, come and talk to us. We'd love to speak to you. Um, we'd love to encourage you at least to hear from God what he's saying for your life. So are we, are we mad or inspired? Are we uh, cracked pots or crackpots? So, as a result of various insights and words that, have not, you know, that God gave us and pictures that God gave us, uh, we ended up in um, Kettering. So, um, the, the next picture, on, on the side you can see, um, that's a picture here of Barton Seagrave. And you can't really see it, but where the yellow thing is, is an, like a, an open field on Google Maps. So, if you Google where we live... We live in a furrow in a field. Um, but Google Maps hasn't caught up, so it, they, they've built some houses, and that's the house that we've just moved into recently. So uh, we want the house to be a, a place of peace and a place where people come to meet with Jesus and to, to find healing and restoration. Now, at the moment... That looks quite nice, doesn't it, really? It is a nice house, I promise you. But actually, if you sit in our back, back room and look out, um, I, I had a nice picture in the next slide, but it hasn't come through, of a building site. Now, you can all imagine buildings. They're all around you, aren't they? Um, and it struck me that actually, when you're building, are we building from nothing? Sam, do you want to put the slide on? Um, are we building from nothing? Well, yeah, in a sense, we've got a greenfield site in terms of us moving to Kettering. Um, and it's not really building from nothing because God's already doing stuff in Kettering. You know, there are lots of churches in Kettering, lots of ways that God is moving. But we feel called to this thing called Vineyard. Uh, we feel like it's our home. And we feel like it's a sort of expression of church that some people who wouldn't ever go to a church might come to. And so that's what we want to be part of for the future. But when you're building, um, what do you need? Well, the first thing you need is, is foundations. And if you look out in building sites, you can see they set the foundations and they, they kind of lay this concrete down and start building bricks on it. But before they start building bricks on it, there's some things you need to do. You need some planning. You need to dig furrows and holes for the uh, electricity going in, the Wi-Fi. got to have Wi-Fi these days. Um, water, sewerage, all those sort of things. There's all sorts of things you need to do to build a house. Um, and so we've been looking at uh, houses going up around us at the back of our, of our, of our house. Um, and I think vineyard for us is about it just being somewhere different that some people would come to, that we want to uh, build relationships with, they want a home in church. And that's what we're looking to do. So, Paul, writing in a letter that he wrote 
to a church in Corinth, in a, which is a Greek city. He said, For no man can lay a foundation other than the one which is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now, if any man builds on the foundation with gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, straw, each man's work will be evident, for fire will test the quality of each man's work. Now, um, so thinking about foundations, our foundation for church has to be Jesus. Yeah, actually, everything we do has to point people back towards Jesus. And that's what we want to do. We want his peace, his joy, his love to touch people's lives. And that's our hope and plan for the future. And then when you start building on the foundations, well, nowadays they build with bricks. But in Jesus' time or Paul's time, they would have built with stone. And so you build the stones up and you build from the foundations upwards. Now, the interesting thing is that um, uh, he actually says that you, you, I, we are living stones. So actually, we are the stones that God builds with. And and part of the problem with that is that uh, uh, we're, we're having edges knocked off us, you know, they're dressing the stones and cutting off bits and, you know, you know, if you want to build a house, you don't just build with boulders and rocks. You kind of shape them to make the, stone, make the stones ready for the purpose. So there's a sense in which we are living stones built on the foundation, which is Jesus. And if, you know, one of the songs we sang earlier, which was, you know, refiner's fire, I want to be holy, you know, Want to be precious gold or silver. And that's what we want to be. And that's what we want to help others to become in what we're going to be doing. And uh, elsewhere, Paul says, you know, we, you know, we look at ourselves and think, do you know what? What have we got to offer? We really, you know, if you, if you want to sit around our household for a little while, you'll find out that uh, we're not perfect you know, I lose my rag, uh, I'm impatient, I'm irritable sometimes. Um, I can't think of any faults for Elaine, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, I can. She... <laughs> she doesn't shut the drawers on her um, chest of drawers. <laughs> well, that's about it, really. That's about it. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's one other. Sorry. <laughs> I'm, she's not, I'm not allowed to say it. There's one other, but I won't tell you. <laughs> Off camera, yeah. Not for the recording. Uh, no, it's all right. Uh, I won't tell you. Um, anyway, so um, we're not perfect. But, but Paul said, you know, we have this treasure of Jesus in earthenware vessels. So that the surpassing greatness of the power of God may be from God, not of us, not from ourselves. So it's not about us, it's about Jesus working through us. Um, so I think, Jan, it was what you, you said some years ago, we're cracked pots. You know, if you can imagine an old earthenware vessel, it's got cracks in it, you put a light in there, the light comes through the cracks, 
And we're crackpots, uh, cracked pots. We must be crackpots to, to do what we're doing uh, at my vintage, anyway. So, um, Elaine, do you want to come up and... Uh, oh, I'm, I'm going to interview Elaine. Are you going to hold it? No? Okay. So, um, so, someone came up to you recently and said, I have these words for you. I have no idea what they mean. Oh, yeah. So, um, the words were missional community. Missional community. So, uh, what, what is missional community and uh, what do you think it looks like? Right, well, nobody uses the Oxford English Dictionary hardly anymore. They go to Wikipedia, so that's what I did. And it's a, <laughs> a definition of missional community is a group of people about the size of an extended family who are united through Christian community around a common service and witness to particular neighbourhoods or a network of uh, people. So, um, un- unpack that. What, what do you mean by an extended family? Um, well, the example I can give is um, David said how I became a Christian. And a few years after that, I moved to college in London. And in the halls of residence where we were, there were about five of us Christians. There wasn't actually a CU. So um, us Christians, we had about two and a half minutes of Christian experience between us. Uh, we'd never read a book on discipleship or building a church or anything like that. But we decided we'd just get together, we'd cook, we'd um, get to know our um, other people in the halls of residence. And um, we, we really just got to know the non-Christians around us. And we found people started becoming Christians. Um, and we actually grew as Christians as well ourselves. And um, we, we used to do um, Star Wars trilogy time when there were only three Star Wars films. So, uh, so people were grown as Christians and um, we just did life together. And one of the guys um, became, used to follow us around and he became a Christian. Um, and kind of, he was like the Usain Bolt of spirituality. He just overtook us all and he ended up becoming the president of the CU. Um, and then once he'd left college, he went to Bible college and um, planted a church in a major um, English city, which is um, it's growing. It's a student church, and he's recently planted out from there. And he pastors um, other younger leaders. Um, and I, I just, I suppose, I reflected on that, and I thought, I want to see that again. I've got a big birthday coming up. I'm not as old as David, but I've got a birthday with a naught coming up. And I thought, Lord... I just want to do that again. I want to see it happen again. So, um, you know, bearing in mind that your 40th birthday is coming up this week, um, do we sing happy birthday in church? (laughs) On Friday, (laughs) I've got to go shopping. (laughs) Don't do do shopping, I'll get panic attacks. Um, Hot flushes, all sorts of things. Um, how, how, How do you think we're going to build this missional community then in Kettering? I think it's like, as I said earlier, it'll be like an extended family. I don't, we're, we're going to be one of the spokes on the wheel. We're not, it's, I don't think it will look like this. I think it will be, um, this will be the main hub that we kind of feed into. Um, and I've Certainly been, initially, anyway. Yeah, and I've been doing a sort of, um, you know, sort of looking on um, YouTube and, and uh, sort of studying, really. I wish I could say I'd read books, but I, I haven't yet. Um, and there's a guy called Mike Breen who's kind of been pioneering this in, um, in England, in Britain, and also in, in the States. And um, he says uh, missional communities 
are a family of missionary servants who make disciples who make disciples. And I think you probably heard that before from Steve. And um, what I liked, he said, these communities exist to bring heaven to the particular slice of earth they believe God has given them to bless. And um, we, we feel that God has planted us in Kettering to, to bless the community. So is it just like one small group doing all this stuff that church does? Uh, well, we, we, David said about multiplication earlier and the loaves and the fishes, and that's what we, we'd want to see. We want to see multiplication. But ultimately, it's Jesus who builds his church. So we're, we're the laborers, but he will build it how he wants it to be. But we do want to see multiplication. Thanks. So I think, I think the central thing for us is the desire that we have is that we should, little by little, step by step, brick by brick, contribute to the calling that Jesus has put on our hearts and puts on all our hearts. Because one of the last things that Jesus said to his disciples before he ascended to heaven, he said, go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you, And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. So he commanded us to go and make disciples. And part of that process is walking with people, teaching people, learning alongside people uh, to make disciples. And we can do that at any age. Um, And, uh, you know, we've we've got some things at the end. We'll, We'll just have a ministry time. But actually, it's any age. You know, it can be from the very small to the very old and God can use you whatever age you are you know if you're a teenager at school God can use you if you're a young adult with kids at the school gate God can use you if you're more mature some say I'm not that mature but if if you're more mature God can use you and wants to use you because that's his purpose. His purpose is to build a family of people who love him and are in relation. He longs to have a relationship with us. So we're not quite sure what the journey is going to turn up for us or what the practical outworking is going to look like. So we're going to, we're going to concentrate in the first stages of just gathering together with people, meeting our neighbours, um, having lots of fun, there'll be lots of food, if you want to come and have food, uh, we love food, we love entertaining, and that's what we want to do, lots of walking together in fellowship, in relationship with, with people, rubbing along, growing, um, and we just long to see people's lives tur- turned around, lo- seeing people's lives transformed seeing broken people restored, and then learning to train up ourselves and others to grow and to release them into doing the things that Jesus did. I suppose one of the reasons why for us we kind of loved the vineyard model, at least certainly my background was, you know, I remember in the late 80s going and hearing John Wimber saying, everyone gets to do the stuff, everyone gets to do the things that Jesus did. So even though you might not think that you can pray for healing, you can. Even though you might not think that you can give a word from God to someone, you can 
because God is doing it through you. It's his treasure in us. So just to finish off what we're saying, I'm going to invite Michelle up and introduce you to her. So um, Michelle's an old friend of ours, and um, yeah, pass the mic up to... Uh, Michelle's an old friend of ours, and I'm going to ask her to just say a few things about uh, her journey and how she's ended up here with us. Um, So I've had a crazy three months. Three months ago, I never expected to be here um, at this church. Yeah, Um, but I'll go back a bit. Um, I became a Christian when I was a teenager, walked with God through my 20s, and then something happened, and I turned my back on God and was never, never coming back to God um, and did a very, very good job of making a mess of my life. Um, A very, very good job. Um, And then one day, desperate for love, um, I was on a dating site, and I'd been dating various people, um, various guys, and lots of kind of week in, week out, different different date. And um, one night, one Saturday evening, I was sat there chatting to another guy who then told me that he was a Christian um, and started reminding me of how much God loved me. Um, and so I always say that I met Jesus again on a dating site. Um, I was sitting there um, with tears streaming down my face, just knowing that God had found me. I hadn't been, I would have said I wasn't looking, um, but I knew that he'd come, he'd come and found me, and I could do nothing else except give my life back to him. And so I googled, um, I knew I wanted to belong to a vineyard church, um, I liked their worship, I can remember singing the songs from years ago, um, and found one four miles down the road from where I used to live, which was Potton Vineyard, which is where I met David and Elaine, um, and we ended up in the same connect group for a while, um, and I was at that church for three or four years. Um, three years into it, actually moved the four miles from where I was to be in the town where the church was, because I really felt God called me to be where the church was. And then God said, leave work. So, left work, um, with nothing to go to, um, and then later that year ended up in Boise, Idaho, um, doing a discipleship school with a vineyard church out there. So, I don't know how many vineyard churches I've been to in the last 10 years, um, but there's a fair fair few, and a fair few around the the world. Um, I spent 18 months in total out in Boise, did a discipleship school. Um, then went back to staff the school, um, went on month-long mission trips to Ecuador, to Nicaragua, and worked alongside vineyard churches in those countries, um, which was great, great experience, great to see what God's doing in other parts of the world. Um, but what the one thing for me is um, I went out to Idaho on a, within a month, within a month from applying to go to a school out in the States, I was actually out there. Um, I didn't actually have time to look at what the school was about. Um, And if I had, I probably wouldn't have gone. Because I would have said, I can't do that. The school was studying the Bible. We did six months study of the New Testament. We read every book five times. We wrote mini commentaries on it and did really in-depth study. And if I'd have known that's what I was doing before I went, I would have definitely said, 
no. And just that sense that we often disqualify ourselves because of who we are and, and our beliefs about ourselves. And we, we stop ourselves doing these things. Um, I obviously just went for it without really thinking. Um, looking back, I was probably a bit stupid. Um, <laughs> but it was, a, it was a time when I prayed, um, God, if this is you, just open the doors. And if it's not, close it. Because I'm applying and I don't have time to think about it. So I'm just going to go for it. Absolutely love my time out there. Came back, um, 2013, ended up at St. Albans Vineyard, um, where I did an internship in pastoral care and ended up on staff there for a while. Well, until fairly recently. Um, but that was a time where God really went deep. It was a time of emotional healing um, for me. As I said, I'd made a, a good mess of my life. Um, and it was a time of that purifying my heart like I think it's is it Sam um, when she said earlier it was about kind of not ca- laying down those things that we carry I really felt like it was that that time for me and a lot of what I learned of how to minister to others was learned because people walked with me and ministered to me and helped me through some of the stuff um, so in that fast track to 2017 um, At the end of April, I had a phone call from my old boss saying, would you like your old job back? I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, oh, we'll take you out for dinner and we'll have a chat. So the MD and the commercial manager came down, took me out for dinner and said, this is what to offer. And I was like, but I really like having a day off during the week to volunteer or to study. And they're like, oh, yeah, that's fine. You can have have a day off in the week. And I was like... Yeah, but I like to get back for meetings. Oh, yeah, well, you can work flexi time as well. So they kind of laid this job out for me. Um, and I was like, okay, but it's going back. It's going back to a place where I've been before. And God just said, trust him. And so I did. Um, okay, I'll accept the job. That, sun- that following Sunday or that week, handed my notice in and decided that I'd go somewhere different to church. And it was a choice between a vineyard church in Dunstable, and come in here, just on another Google search. Um, And the church in Dunstable doesn't meet on the first Sunday of the month, so I ended up here. Um, And I was just coming a day out to go to a place where no one knew me, um, and I could just be with God um, and just meet with him in that place. And then I walked through the door to an amazing welcome and a hello from Elaine. And I was like, okay. I didn't even know they were here. Um, And then they were like, come out for lunch, let's have a chat. And so we went out to lunch. We talked about kind of healthy church and what we see church to be like. Um, And then they let, I don't know who it was, one of them let slip that they'd been praying for me um, (laughs) about joining them here. And I'm like, I hadn't really seen them. I didn't even know they were here. And I just felt God had kind of got me and set me up on this whole thing. I really felt like God had like got me here just to tell me that. And I've always tried to be open-handed before God and just like, okay, I want to be available to you. I want to be obedient to you. And I'm standing there and God's throwing things at me and he's saying there you go there's church for you there's an opportunity to serve me there's an opportunity to do all of these things and so 
Um, I left St Albans Vineyard on the 9th of July. Um, with their blessing, they prayed me out. And so the following week was my first official Sunday here, which I think was actually my sixth visit. So I did kind of stay for six, although from the first first one, I actually knew that God wanted me here. Um, I'm still living in Hatfield, so I have 40, 45 miles to drive up on a Sunday morning. Um, But that won't be for too much longer because at the end of um, August, I'll be joining these guys in their lovely new house. Um, How do I feel? I'm very, very excited and a little bit nervous. Um, This has all happened in three months. It's not what I would necessarily have had planned, um, but I really feel that it's what God had planned. So much so, I was away last week at a conference, and they got the um, eight, nines, and ten-year-olds to come from their group and stand in the worship. Then they took them back to their group and... um, asked them to write down prophetic words that God had given them. And one of the, one of the kids had this word about there being change and um, lots has happened recently, but you're moving into something new. And I was like, I really felt God spoke to me in that. Um, and just, yeah, just the sense that it was from this 10-year-old that I'd never met, but he really heard God and really, really blessed me. So, yeah, a bit of a, a crazy whirlwind time um but it's it's a good time so so um we're, we're gonna have a bit of a time in ministry last week um I, in in church um i kind of feeling lord we really need to stir up the, the prophetic gifts and then at the end of the service steve said uh, well we really want to stir up the prophetic gifts i thought oh i'm on i'm on the right wavelength here you know i'm i'm actually kind of hearing a little bit what god means so uh, what does prophetic gifts mean? Well, it just means, I think, in the context of what we're talking about today, God speaking his word specifically into our situations. So um, what I'd like to do, we're just going to pray in a moment, but I want to encourage you all, whatever age, younger, in fact, perhaps young, particularly younger after what Michelle just said, I felt this before as well, just to listen for what God is putting into your mind. And if you've got the courage, if you're a child and and you've got the courage to come up and say it, we can do that. Um, It's it's a word from God, something God's put in your heart and your mind to give to someone else because God loves to give good gifts to us all. So if, if you as a child or you as an adult have got something, just encourage you to come up. Um, and we've, we've, we've got a kind of bit of a, um, a, a two or three things to share as a sort of start of a ten that we'll, we'll start off with. But if you feel you've got something from God, then come and bring it. And then at the end, just remember what I said about if you think you can be a Christian just by coming to church, that's not true. But you want to know Jesus for yourself. You want to call out to Jesus and know his love and his salvation and his place of peace, then just in your hearts, call out to God. And I'd love you to come and tell me afterwards, because actually one of the things that the the verses I read out said, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord. So actually come and tell me or someone else, because actually that's what God, he wants you to come into relationship with him. 
So uh, let's just quiet our hearts, children, as well, and just open your minds to God. Just say to God now, have you got anything for me to give to someone else, a gift that you want to give? Father God, we just pray, Holy Spirit, you come now and just speak into our lives. Touch us, Lord. Give us your words. Give us your good gifts for people. Thank you, Lord. Invite your Holy Spirit, come. Hi, everyone. I'm Jan, friend of David and Elaine's. And over the years, I have had quite a few words and pictures for various people from God. At least I've I've always thought, is that really you, Lord? Is that really you? So just by way of encouragement, I'd like to share something with you this morning which I believe I got it during the um, worship time and thought, this isn't, yes, but not now, Lord. This isn't going to tie in with what David and Elaine are talking about. But I started to watch the children around here. The church I go to at the moment, we haven't got very many small children. And I, I said, you really want me to tell them that, Lord? And he said, yes, I don't want them to make heavy weather of it. If they're not Christians yet and they don't know me, maybe Father, although that's my name, is a bit heavy. And then during the course of the talk, it's been, you know, God wants us to do this. God commands us to do that. I'm thinking, oh, you you mean they're making it all a bit too formal? And he said, yes, tell them I love them like children. Each one is my child. And he said, just look at these little ones wandering about. They're not wondering about what they've got to do. They're quite secure in my arms and in my love. Like these kiddies climbing on mummy or daddy's lap. Little boy over here, daddy holding him with his arms round his neck. And he says to every one of you, especially if you don't know him yet, as Abba, daddy, that's the that's Hebrew word, Abba, for father. And children today don't say, Father, can we do this? It's, Abba, Abba, Daddy, Daddy, can we do this? Can we do that? And he wants you to think of him like that. Don't be afraid of him. Reverencing him, holding him in awe, fine. But he loves you so dearly, just like you love these little, little ones, these little ones. And if you think that he's asking you, if that's putting you off, making a commitment, or knowing Jesus for yourself, oh, I can't do this, I can't do that. He says, no, no, you can't. That's what I'm here for. I'm your Abba, Daddy. So has anybody else got anything that they feel God's given, a little, little present from God for someone else in the, in the room today? Be bold, be, be courageous. Do you want to come and tell you what you should? Yeah, I'll just make this quick, but as I was sort of praying for you all through the week, I just feel there are people at Central Vineyard, who God is tapping on the shoulder about the 624 vision, and you're saying to yourself, I'm too young, I'm too old, I'm too busy. And I just felt 
the Lord saying, you know, if you say you're too young, you'll never have the energy levels that you've got now. If you say you're too old, you've got wisdom to share with others that's taken years to cultivate. If you say you're too busy, you, that you've got a young family or a really busy job, and you're, but you, at that time, you're at a stage where you have opportunities to meet and influence people, whether it's at the toddler group or in the workplace or at the school gate. And at each stage, you are in a unique position, and the Lord wants to use you, and he just asks you to say yes. Um, And I also feel that there are people on the leadership team here at Central Vineyard that the Lord is preparing, and he's asking you to pick up the staff. And we sang a song today about the Red Sea parting, and all God asked Moses to do was to pick up the staff. And I kind of feel that for, for the leadership here. Sometimes uh, prophetic words can be quite strange. I, I suggested to Elaine earlier this week we should really pray for prophetic words. And um, we were driving here in the car today, and she said, oh, "I had the really weird dream last night. I always get, I always get weird dreams when I'm uh, when I've eaten cheese in the evening." So, um, and I remember John Wimber, who founded the Vineyard Movement, said uh, once he said, uh, "Is it is it is it is it God or is it pizza? Is it?" Is it, is it God speaking or is it cheese? Um, and so the, 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 this dream that she had, she, she had a dream about a friend of hers who was going out with a rather obnoxious politician. I won't give his name. Um, and uh, so she said, um, she said to this, this friend of hers in the dream, oh, so I've got to find my, my bits now, um, why are you going out with that idiot? So maybe there's somebody here. Um, you're in a relationship with someone, and God's saying, "Why are you going out with that idiot?" <laughs> maybe it's God. Maybe it's cheese. I don't know. But think about it. <laughs> Michelle, do you want to share what you shared with us yesterday? No. Switched off, is it? again for them so they had this really big experience and they had a really good time doing something for God and they were like that's it I've had I've had my chance I don't you know there's nothing else left for me Um, and just the encouragement that you know God still has plans for you he doesn't he doesn't stop with just that that one time he still has plans for you Um, And something that really helps me when I'm stepping out with God, um, I imagine myself like a little child standing on their daddy's toes and um, where a father would dance and just kind of walk around with a child on their feet. Um, That's what we need to do. We simply need to get on our father's toes and allow him to guide us. He will will guide us along the way. He will lead us in in the dance that he has for us. Um, We don't need to work out what the steps are. And so just kind of take that, 
take that step of trust in him, stand on his toes and, and let him lead you. Is, is, I'll just give one more opportunity if anybody any age wants to come and share anything that God's put on your mind please do and if you've not got the courage to do it then um, but you know there's something and you know perhaps it's some, for somebody have the courage to go and tell them afterwards cool um, so I was actually thinking and I was saying to Laura as well earlier that, um, that I've been teaching a holiday club this week or last week. It's all been about Moses. And so when Elaine came up to share about the Red Sea parting and everything, I was like, oh, man, this is God totally speaking. Um, anyway, it, take, it does take me a lot of courage to stand up here and say stuff. But actually, um, he was saying, you know what, we're, we're, with all the uh, Egyptians that were facing, that were trying to chase after Moses and that got drowned um, in, in the Red Sea... Basically, I was trying to explain to the kids, of like, oh, how can I put this in a nice, positive way, rather than people dying and being killed? And it was actually like, the lyrics to that song that we're singing, um, I'm a slave to the child of God, or whatever it was. Anyway, I basically, it was like, drowned in perfect love. And I was like, it's not just being drowned in death, but it's drowned in perfect love, and the fact that actually God rescued all of those people. And um, how exciting that is. And to call, you know, God... You know, an Abba, Father, and to think he's our daddy and everything. I just, you know, I just, I want to give that to you guys. This, this is God speaking to all of us and not just, you know, one of us or two of us. And yes, it might take a lot of courage to think, oh, I'm going through a really, really tough time or this is really hard, but God's got it. And he performs miracles all the time in our lives. If you think back to all, you know, the times in your life where you're thinking actually how God has performed it. It's not just Moses, you know, that led the Israelites out. It's everybody here is... is you know, if you think back to your life, you think, wow, God's done that miracle, God's done that miracle, God's done that miracle. So it's just to keep, keep knowing that in your heart, of knowing that actually God's still the miracle worker that he was back then and he is now in our lives. So, um, yeah. So uh, we're going to draw to a close. I'm going to pray in a moment. But thank you all for listening and uh, thank you all for kids for being so fantastically good. You're really great. Um, hope you have a fantastic week this week. Walk with Jesus. Listen to his voice. Try to hear what he's saying and learn to step into what he wants to do in your life more. And if you don't know Jesus or if you feel you want prayer, then come forward and uh, talk to one of us at the front. We'll pray for you. Father, we just pray now that your Holy Spirit would come and achieve what you want to achieve in our lives. Lord, that you'd inspire us, you'd set a fire in our hearts to follow you and to walk with you. Lord, if you're speaking into individuals' lives about uh, the future, then Lord, help us to, each one of us, just to step into that little by little, Lord. It's taken us some time, you know that. But you are in it, and we just pray, I just pray now, Holy Spirit, that you would achieve your plan and purposes through us. In the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Bless you.